Hey guys, Tucker here, co-host of the Portland Real Estate Podcast. Before we get into this week's show, I wanted to let you know that we're currently looking for more projects. So for any of you guys that listen to the show that may be an agent or otherwise that have a property that you're looking to sell, we'd love to hear from you. Obviously, we're looking to purchase properties that are maybe not best suited for the retail market or maybe they need to be redeveloped. So we do renovations and we do new construction so we could buy an existing home that maybe it smells like cigarette smoke, maybe it hasn't been updated in decades, maybe it's got some fun functional issues, some problems like that, or maybe it's just in an area that is best suited to take the house down, partition the lot, maybe build a couple new homes, or just build one new home in its place, and anything in between. So if you guys out there in Listenerland have anything that would be best suited selling to a development company like ours, we'd love to hear from you. You can go to our website, which is ttmdevelopmentcompany.com, and when you go there, there's a contact us tab. Click on that, and you can send us a message, and we'll get back to you shortly thereafter. We'd love to hear from any of you guys out there that have a property like this, and hopefully we can do a deal together. This is the Portland Real Estate Podcast, your number one place for anything you need to know about the Portland real estate market, along with in-depth interviews from our local real estate industry experts. Now, without further ado, here are our hosts, Tucker Merrihue from TTM Development Company and Steve Nassar from Premier Property Group. This is uh, episode 114 of the Portland Real Estate Podcast, and we're streaming it live in Masters. Thanks, Joe, for letting us do this. Uh, off you betcha. Nice but um, without further ado, I'll welcome uh, my co-hosts, and then we'll welcome our guests to the show. So what's up, Steve? What's up, Joe? Hey, hey, hey. Glad to be back. Back at, back at it again. Yeah. Be- I'm, uh, got a, I'm sporting a tiny little tan from the, from the sunshine in the backyard the last couple of days, so I'm excited about that. Might even, might even add to it a little bit today. I opened my pool and I heated yep. it and Same uh, here. my kids were fighting and screaming for all the neighbors to hear for the last two days with it open. So, you know, yeah. the positive was yeah. the pool was heated and they were in it. The negative was they couldn't uh, coexist nicely, but Hey, we had sunshine, right? Joe's up at his mountain cabin. Look at that. He's got a pool table in the background. I'm up here. I'm going to be uh, burning, uh, running a big burn pile later and clearing and doing yard work and the stuff I never have time to do. So, that your place is that your place in Welch's, Joe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you still have that, huh? That's cool. Yeah, twenty something years now. <clears throat> Justin, what are the rules about the lake? Are you allowed? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. It's pretty active. This, yesterday afternoon was like spring break. Yeah. It just there's a lot of kids out on paddles and and uh, in boats and. You can kind of see the people who the rules don't apply to. Then you see several adults in the boat and everything. You know, you know that's two families. And yeah, <clears throat> but you know that there is no rules on rivers and lakes right now that says that you can't. Yeah. There. We at the I'm on the board of the Lake Corporation, and we checked on that yesterday. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, there's nothing that says you can't do it. I'll that's tell you awesome. this: my, my father-in-law is pretty pissed because they're shutting down all the boat ramps. So going fishing is getting more and more challenging because you have uh, to go to a ramp that's actually open to get out into the water, and uh, they've closed most of them. So, but we're supposed it, to have a nice stretch. They're saying seven-ish days, seventies again early next week, mid next week. Yeah. Yeah, is, it's going to be tough for the the social distancing with all the um, with the nice weather because that's how it was before the lockdown, right? Everybody was out just having a good time. Yeah. And then they locked no, it, down. it is. <clears throat> it Luckily, is. it started raining and helped out. But yeah. Well, I yeah. guess we should give them a formal intro. So, um, 
<laughs> Welcome to the show, Justin Harnish. Um, Steve, you got a lot of questions for him. We got a lot to talk about. I mean, we got a quarantine, we got a lockdown, we got a real estate market, we got sunshine. Um, so I don't know. Let's welcome to the show first off, Justin, and then uh, Steve, I'll let you kick it off with some questions or, or just general sure topics sure. to talk about. Well, we appreciate you coming on, Justin. You know, part of a, a big part of why um, that we want reasons we wanted you on was you did that amazing post. I think Joe put it on Masters. You had sent it out to a different Masters, the uh, PMAR Masters group. Um, but it was pretty, it was pretty inspiring. It was pretty transparent. It was, it was pretty, um, vulnerable in some ways. So I, I, I sense from that, like the rest of us, you've, uh, as, as the top agent in Oregon, you've felt some pain, maybe, maybe even in some ways more so than others. Um, so talk to us about that. I mean, give us some specifics. What have the realities and the challenges been that you've been facing as we've gone into this crisis? Well, the reality is we got hammered um, when the downturn came. We had some big deals in escrow. And, you know, understandably, a lot of people backed out just like everybody else. And I talked to a lot of brokers out there that have had one or two deals fall through, but we had 80% fall through. Uh, 10 out of 12 million in the pipeline um, just fell out. And it was just two weeks of terminations. Every time my phone rang, I was like, oh. Here we go again, you know, and I literally was just one of those things. I forgot how to write offers. I only knew how to process terminations and fight for earnest money. Um, so I think when I wrote that, um, that was raw emotion. I mean, I, I felt like, hey, if, if uh, my team is dealing with this and I'm dealing with this, then other people got to be dealing with this. And it's always nice to know that, that somebody else is feeling it. And uh, so I wrote it to just sort of say, hey, we're all feeling this, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just, it's just sort of a connector, you know, for people. Cause I get, you know, this is a, so that was a really rough couple of weeks. It was like every, you know, I started selling real estate right, right after 9-11. And so <clears throat> I literally felt, God, this is just so weird. It felt so much like 9-11, right? I mean, where everybody was scared, you know, that fear. And so everybody mm -hmm. kind of hunkered down, stayed in place after 9-11, didn't really want to travel didn't know what was next, you know, didn't know if it was World War III or bioterror or what was next, right? So there was that hunker down mentality. And then I thought, God, this, I'm having the same conversations as I did in 2008 to 2010, you know, loss of job and, and not, can't get financing and, and can't sell my house and somebody's back. And I mean, just, I was like, God, these, the two are just coming together. And so um, I kind of laughed about it. And then I thought, shit, this is, this is real. You know, I mean, where's this thing going to go? So I think that it really just kind of stemmed out of that. And I had a lot of really good feedback. It was cool. A lot of people reached out to me and said, thank you. I needed that, you know, and, you know, I, I'm just, it was cool. So it allowed me to connect with people that I didn't know before. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah, you were the first time I'd heard that you, you said in that email, it feels like two, the two combined together. And that was the first time I'd heard that. And it made sense when you said that, because they are so different, but, um, they're, they're very different. And this does have elements of both. It's got that fear, that hunker down, but then it's got that underlying financial massive, you know, disruption. Mm -hmm. um, the weird thing about it though is, and I think everybody's experiencing this. We've just come out of just, you know, the speed with which this happened, right? I mean, so we're all, we're all in this and it happens so fast that you're sitting here going, okay, I've just had great success for the last 10 years. I've, you know, been smart and put money away. 
I'm sitting here in this beautiful weather. I'm going out on my boat. I'm driving my car around town. I'm, not, I'm you know, being very serious about the social D, but, um, but I can't do anything. <laughs> you know, it's like life is great, but it sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really an odd feeling to sit there and go, okay, well, got great inventory, got great houses. Every, everybody's healthy, thank God, but I can't do anything. The one thing, um, and I think Randy Sebastian had a post a couple weeks ago, and, and I, it was probably the first time my eyes were open to this. The one thing that is different about this than 9-11 or even 08 is it affects everyone. Like, we were sitting here in Oregon, and we were scared, but we're like watching, you know, New York and Washington, D.C. and the Pentagon and some of that stuff. And we're, you know, there's that element of could that come here, but this has come here. There mm-hmm. are people we know that have had um, loss of life from this. I mean, we've seen it on, on social media. There's, but also every one of our lives, we've been told, get in your house, don't leave, you know. So it's affected everybody. That part is a little bit different than any of yeah, it. Yeah, right. I mean, it, it is, everybody keeps saying unprecedented, and it is. That's absolutely the only way to define it. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not like anything else. It's just, it has elements, like you said, of the other things, but you know, someday we're going to look back at this and just be like, okay, that was crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, when, when you lost your deals, was it, I mean, I'm sure there was several explanations. Was it a lot to do with the stock market and the decline of their assets? Was it, they didn't, they were afraid of putting, listing their home and, and moving because of the virus. What were a lot of the, the reasons, the rationales you were hearing from them? Um, we had one that was going to, it was a high end flip. Um, and understandably they pulled financing, but also stock market. I mean, we were going to be in a, in a price range after that, that was going to be, you know, 6 million. And that's a really risky move, right? Yeah. Given, given what had just happened. Smart so guy. We, we had, uh, um, yeah, good looking too. Um, <laughs> we had one of those things that, uh, we, we had several, you know, just, just the normal reasons guys lost jobs went one gentleman was afraid to come out of his home to sign the papers because his wife had a pre-existing condition and he had absolute real raw fear and we gave him every opportunity we literally the the wfg title said we will stand outside the window of your home and watch you sign your documents so that we can notarize it and he said i don't want the documents in my home Oh my gosh. Wow. And, 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 wow. He, and his, it, you know, and I get it. I mean, he was, he was, it, you know, I felt bad for him, you know, and then another loss of job or, you know, someone get furloughed or whatever it may be. I mean, it's just, it was very, very, a lot of different reasons, but earnest money was, um, I heard you say this on the last podcast that people work together on the earnest money. It wasn't a fight, you know, yeah. people just said, I get it. You know, we're in this together. And one of them, we got the earnest money, that gentleman who wouldn't sign his docs at closing, which was realist, you know, that was understandable. He was like, okay, we'll give you some of the earnest money, but, mm-hmm. you know, so um, issues that we're finding now though, is, you know, we have great homes on the market, but we have people who are then moving out of that home to go to another state or to, you know, they can't go up to Washington or they're afraid to go up to Washington to search for their next home. They don't want to travel to California to go look for their next home. So they're saying, Hey, when I close, I'm going to need 90 days, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's going to be tough to then find a buyer who's, you know, 
would, has the opportunity to allow you 90 days. So it's really an interesting on some of these things, you know, depending on where they're going, what they're doing, it's really an interesting um, dynamic, I think, in the, in the negotiation at the beginning. You know, how do we do that? You know, mm-hmm. I've heard also, I've got clients moving from the Bay Area that just closed. The moving companies are non-essential. You have to move yourself out of your home in California. Wow. So a friend of ours or one of our clients went down to California to move some of their stuff out of their home down there. And he said, all you see between here and there on I-5 is um, U-Haul trucks because mm-hmm. people are all having to move themselves. Hmm. That's crazy. crazy. He said you didn't see one moving truck <clears throat> between here and Davis, California. And that's a clientele that's probably not used to that process. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but they're on lockdown too, right? They're coming out of Marin and they're on lockdown and they're like, okay, so I, you know, I got to do all of this effectively by myself with the fear of being outside, you know, luckily the home that they're moving into up here is vacant and those people are out, but it's just, it's, it's really an interesting cycle right now. Yeah. I think a lot of people, because like you said, it's affecting everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are afraid to kind of move on too. like, we have, we have two amazing pieces of property that we're trying to buy in Lake Oswego. We've got a, you know, a tentative deal in place, but both of them have people living in the house and they don't have anywhere to go safely or the ability to move stuff easily, or they just don't want to deal with it on, you know, on, on many levels. So there's kind of a freeze and it feels like a clamping down in a lot of the market of where it's just things aren't moving for outside reasons, not necessarily because there isn't a willing buyer and seller. Yeah. Yeah. You have the, yeah, you've got the opportunity, but it's like, all right, how are we going to, how are we going to make this thing work? So, but you know, and, and we've said this a lot and you guys have reiterated it on the last couple of podcasts, everybody really is working together because everybody gets it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you can't just force somebody out of your house. If, if you need to get into this house right away, you're not our buyer. And it's mm-hmm. hard to say that because you want that buyer, you know? Yeah. But, Everybody's it's, just got to figure it out. Damn near impossible to, to do an estate sale these days. <clears throat> we yeah. had one, we had one listing vacant parents, parents had passed away and they, they were kind of working towards the estate sale. When, when this hit, everything just came to a screeching halt. There was just no way to do it. Finally, fortunately we were able to, they were able to move everything into the garage and it's still in the garage and we're on the market and we'll deal with it if we if and when we get the offer we'll they'll re, they'll relocate it to storage or something but all the estate people that they were talking to are like we, there's no way we can get rid of this stuff right now well when when this first lockdown first came my, my wife and i were super motivated we're like all right we're gonna have all this time in the house we're gonna clean out our closets and do all the stuff that we said we were gonna do you know and sort of over time motivation has changed but we did that for the first few days so we were prepared for the world's biggest goodwill run right and then oh, goodwill yeah. shuts yeah. and goodwill closes. So it's like, oh, okay, well now my garage is absolutely filled with <laughs> crap. And I, you know, and so I, I don't know, I go outside and my car is now no longer black, it's yellow, uh, <laughs> yeah. completely crazy. Yeah, I don't know if, if people are wearing masks for COVID or because of the pollen. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of it. I it's crazy. Yeah. Like my, lands- my landscapers just left and it's like a cloud behind them. I was like, thanks. Yeah. Well, it's a bad time for us people with allergies. Boy, it's a bad time to be sneezing and having. Yeah, having all those all those symptoms. You're like, oh, yeah. Wow, oh yeah. God, I don't know. Yeah. You'll have people going like this to you. Oh yeah. 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 No, it's crazy. So, what adjustments are you making in your business? What are you doing for as far as work goes these days? Well, we do have we have some showings. We've had some showings in the last couple of days, um, and 
the the buyers brokers and the and the listing agents that we've been working with have been very good about the protocol we've uploaded a uh uh, created and uploaded a sanitation protocol that just says, hey, you know, we don't want children in the home for the first showing, remove your shoes, wear masks and gloves, do all the things, wipe down everything. So <clears throat> we're, um, I've, I've got at my office, I have um, a little assembly line where you take two rubber gloves, two pair of booties, Clorox wipes, and stick them in a bag and take them in your car, hand them out when you get there, and, and, and generally, most people bring their own, but we're bringing them just in case. Mm -hmm. And then just handing them out and saying, you know, this is how it's going to be. And everybody's cool with it. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. they're also entering a stranger's home, too. So there's some anxiety there. Um, <clears throat> so we're helping out as much as we can sort of to uh, um, grease the wheels on that. Um, but we have had an increased traffic. It's good, you know, uh, at a million eight, million nine, million one, um, three million. You know, we've had some had some good traffic and that that was not the case, I would say, last week. So I feel like things are things things want to break free. Right. I mean, this is the time. This is the season. And mm -hmm. you can kind of feel this underlying energy in the market that it wants to get going, you know, and people mm -hmm. are starting to get used to the new normal mm -hmm. and, you know, they want to do it. And a lot of people have to do it, you know, and the virtual showings are great. And we do that. We do FaceTime showings. We've had clients. We'd had listing uh, or the seller call the buyer directly and do the showing, you know, mm -hmm. because the seller didn't want them to show it. And that's fine. People get it. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, offering all of that stuff. But when you're we're talking about a, a any home, really, for that matter, but, you know, a three million dollar home, they want to look, feel and touch it. You know, you got to mm -hmm. see that view. You got to look at that space. You got to mm -hmm. figure it out. So people have to enter homes. So, mm -hmm. you know, the vacant home is the is your best friend right now. Um, but you know, a lot, and and sellers are, some sellers are saying no. I, I have one who's a pediatrician, and he said, I, "I'm I'm following the rules. I'm not going to do it. I'm not worried about getting sick. I'm just going to follow the rules." And we respect that. Did know? he withdraw it, or is it still active? Still active. So there's a question, uh, something that I'm doing differently, and maybe it's not differently than anybody else. But I'm pushing inventory. I'm pushing. I'm pushing it out because my mm -hmm. feeling is we have the most captivated, mm -hmm. captive audience we're ever going to have right sitting at home on their devices with no life outside of your home to distract you so I why not it a get month out long there? coming soon justin i call yeah, it no, whatever a, like 60 days coming way to put soon it. yeah that's yeah. a brilliant way to put it and yeah. it is true though and if it's not out there nobody's going to see it and there's going to be this pent up supply and a pent up demand mm -hmm. but that pent up supply when the gun goes off is going to hit the market so why not get out there ahead of it, look at it, you know, so that people can sit and pine and wonder and wait and obsess and dream about this home and go back mm -hmm. to it all the time and look at it and decide what to do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm pushing stuff out there. Some people just say, hey, listen, I'm not ready. I don't want to do it. You know, but the majority of people that I've, you know, we've got a couple that we're going to put on next week. Um, they've they've been for it because days on market is no longer a negotiating tactic. Right. Mm -hmm. If I hear somebody come in with a days on market argument when they make an offer, I'm going to laugh in their face. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if the house has been on the market, you know, well before this, then yeah. But, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, this this is stretching everything. So I, I had actually heard I didn't confirm this, but I heard that Washington removed days on market from their MLS. And I, I could be totally wrong, but I just heard that. Hmm. I, yeah, called, I, uh, I called Kurt. Uh, Von Swamuth. I always mess up his last name. Von Wasmuth. 
Did you get it through, Ross? by yeah. the way? Because yeah. he's probably got a lot of people that have been called. <laughs> well, uh, we talked about it in Masters about two things. Um, getting rid of the coming soon uh, rule, which they sort of did, which you can have active listings and, and specifically say no showings. And the other was freezing the days on the market. And, you know, his answer was predictable. It was what I expected. And he just basically said, look, our job is to pr preserve the integrity of the data. And he's like, yeah, there's going to be days on the market that are going to show 150, but everybody knows what's going on, right? All of these houses are going to have these high days on the market. So, um, it's that it's not a valid way of trying to grind on the price. They got to figure out some other reason. What yeah. would you, uh, the other thing I was thinking mm -hmm. about, and I bet I, it falls in line with what you're saying, Justin. I don't know if on some listings, I, I don't want to say it across the board, but on some listings, it might not make sense to reduce price now because it's hard to say the market is speaking. And yes, it's told me we, we need to reduce the price, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's your thoughts on that? Well, some of them just need to come down, period, like you said. Sure. So, um, yeah. um, you know, I, if someone's, if you're talking to that person and they need the reduction and it's time, why I don't not? mean with an offer. I'm sorry. I don't mean with an offer. I just mean in yeah. the MLS, just drop the No, price. I know. I, 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 oh. I, I, I get it. I, I think you, why not do it? You know, I mean, because the, there people are going to come. I don't know. I would do it if, you know, I, I don't know that it's a strategy to call your listings and say, let's start dropping the prices. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's a strategy, but if, if there are some out there that have more motivation for reasons that are, you know, that they need to do it, they should sure. do it. But, yeah. Yeah. Something I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't think it's a strategy. I mean, I think you're, so, you're showing that you're motivated, you know, by yeah. doing that. But, I will yeah. say I've been looking at a lot of kind of million plus stuff and I haven't seen many price reductions from people to this point. Um, and I haven't seen a whole lot of stuff going pending either. But then when you, and I'm curious what your take is on this, Justin, which then I look in the, specifically in LL, let's say under 700,000, right? I mean, it seems like virtually everything that goes to market is going fast. Um, and so it's almost like we've got two different races running right now. And yeah. I'm still trying to figure out why that is exactly but it seems and this is across the board too steve like if you go into portland the price just comes down slightly it's all relative right but that lower price point i'm sure a lot of your listings you know they're moving quickly or the buyers you have are offering up a lot faster that are kind of in that slightly lower price point but they seem to be absorbing quickly without any price reductions at let's call it full market value whereas if you go up a little bit it seems like the, the higher you go up the slower the activity is and that's usually normal but it seems to be kind of exacerbated right now yeah, know. it is. Think? The guy that's doing really well is the broker that's got a, a subdivision of vacant homes that are that are five hundred thousand dollars. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. and, mm -hmm. and a lot of that Tucker has to do with financing. You know, I mean, you're, the jumbo money is getting harder and harder to get. I mean, Wells and Chase are are rumored to have, you know, gotten rid of that pricing for some people. Um, and even though I checked in with Wells and I've checked in with a bunch of others and there's still jumbo money out there, but they're, they're increasing whatever is deemed a risk. So an FHA or a jumbo to the bank, they're, <clears throat> they're scrutinizing more. So they're asking for more money down. They're asking for higher scores They're You know, all of that stuff is just getting a little bit harder to, to deal, uh, to obtain. 
So I think that's part of it. But I also think, you know, stock market and a lot of people that are buying in the upper price ranges are executives or company owners or, you know, who are saying, all right, listen, I just furloughed, you know, 30% of my staff or laid them off. And here I am going to move. Um, you know, it's not a good idea or I need to get figure out, you know, we've got two buyers that are looking at our listings who just said, Hey, I need to take a break. And then they came back and said, all right, I've got everything. I think I've got everything figured out. I took a 25% pay cut. I can still get the loan. Um, or I've, I was a restaurant owner and I've got everything kind of figured out with what I'm going to do and how I'm going to live and getting used to the new normal. Now I'm ready to move forward. So I just think there's so many different, you know, Nike's on a hiring freeze, obviously. Um, but their relocation is is stopped. That's the weird part, right? I mean, this this time of year is relocation time of year. People start coming to look and they're not coming up here. They're not traveling. They're not, you know, coming into town, staying in hotels. I mean, it's just, it's really weird at how that stuff just froze, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you wonder how it, how does it come back and when does it come back and how quickly does it come back? I mean, I think I've heard some economists say if we get, if we can get things open, opened up by the end of May, we're in good shape. If we don't, we're screwed. Well, I think for us, Justin, it comes back differently than for other industries. There's a lot of other industries that I think they've got problems for a while, to be honest, in, you know, travel, hotels, even restaurants. But for us, I think it's a gradual comeback. And I think you, you touched on that. Like last week was really quiet. This was a little bit busier. Maybe next week will be a little bit busier than a little mm -hmm. bit. And I'm scheduling I think, stuff for next week. I mean, yeah. I feel it. It is. It's, I'm telling you, the energy's buzzing. Yeah. And, and I think has to do with what you said, you know, two, three weeks ago, the tsunami hit, right? Everybody's like out of, they're out of, they're, they're working from home. The kids are home. Um, they're watching the news. They're going, what WTF is going on? And so that shockwave kind of uh, uh, runs its course. Then they kind of figure out what to do. With the kids are working from home. Their things are going good. Their job seems to be stabilizing. Like you said, with executives, I mean, if you're an executive three weeks ago, your priority was not to move your family. It was, mm -hmm. what do I do with my employees? How do people integrate to home? You know, there's a lot of other things going on. Now that the weeks have gone by and that's kind of dissipating, then they can kind of start looking around and go, okay, I did need something different and I am home a lot. So I think we are noticing a little bit of that. Um, yeah. 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 It's interesting, but it, but there are people that need to move, right? I mean, there's people that like, there's a couple doctors right now that are, you know, they're working here and obviously their work is, their workload is different than it was um, a few weeks ago, but they need to move here. They need to get here. They've started jobs. So, you know, love doctors right now. Gotta love yeah. the doctors for many reasons, buyer. many reasons, but, but as, but as buyers, as well as uh, you know, their service. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I yeah. Know, look at them, look at them differently. Yeah. Yeah. Are you doing, I, you know, I've, I honestly don't know the answer to this, Justin, do you, what's your lowest price transactions right now? I mean, are, do you do much sub six, 700? I mean, here or there, or. I mean, we, I always say, I, I, I don't discriminate. I, I would sell anything, <laughs> you know, right now I'll sell anything. But even then, I mean, we sold, we sold $90,000 condos, $120,000 condos. Um, we've got a new listing coming up. That'll be in the 330, 350 in Beaverton. You know, we, we don't, we're not in that space a lot, but um, certainly yeah. looking at business differently about diversifying. I actually had a team meeting the other day about, you know, diversifying a little bit, you know, when you're, 
when you're in one space, you, 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 when you're busy, you forget, right? You're just saying, hey, you know, and we have an $800,000 listing. We've got a, a 619 that's coming back on the market that fell through from COVID. Um, so, and those are in Lake Oswego. So yeah, I, we do, we'll do anything. And, and I've always said that, that my marketing plan doesn't change for a lower price listing. You know, same, same photographer, same plan. You just don't get the luxury home magazine because of price, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, we treat everybody equally. We just don't, mm -hmm. we don't get the opportunity as much to, to work in the mm -hmm. lower price ranges. Mm -hmm. Have have you, do you have any stats for us, Justin? Did you, were you able to dig up anything that's happened in the last few weeks as far well, as pendings, new pendings, higher price points? You know, like you said in that, that hot off the press email that you sent, um, those numbers aren't indicative of what's going on because we're in the middle of it, right? Yeah. So next next month, we're going to see very different. But I did run a couple of things that I thought were pretty interesting. By the way, this is the new normal for me. <laughs> Got the readers. <clears throat> um, okay. So the current pending's over 2 million. And on the west side, I just focused on the west side of town. There's six pending over six over 2 million. Okay. The median is two five and that's pending we don't you know but this is interesting so right now currently in 2020 there have been 12 so, uh, sales clo closed over 2 million with the high being 3.9 is a house that i'm looking at right now um the median is 2.2 that's 2020 right <clears throat> in 20 in 19 first quarter 19 there were 15 sold. So we're, we're off by three right now. Mm -hmm. The high was 4 million, median 2.3. In 18, first quarter, 12 sold, same as this year. Mm -hmm. high, high was 6.9, median was 2.5. So that 18 and 17 are, were kind of the highs. Uh, in 2000, first quarter is 2017, 19 had sold. So I, I look at 17 as being the peak in the high end. Mm -hmm. um, because the numbers show that, but the median again was 2.5. So hmm. the numbers are not that off, right? Yeah. Again, we're in the middle of it. It'll be yeah. very interesting to look back at it after quarter two. Um, I was listening to a podcast that Pat Stone from WFG, um, put out there. I don't know if you guys listened to it. It's 20 minutes long. It's really, really informative. That guy's incredibly smart and data driven. Um, but he just said his his deal was first quarter obviously sucks. Second quarter is going to be terrible. But we'll start digging out in quarter three. And he sees strength in quarter four and quarter one of 2021. Mm -hmm. So he sees a slow dig out, which if you kind of look at it and look at the trends, it is kind of starting to feel like that, you know, as long as we can keep moving. Yeah. And what you're referencing, Justin, was market action. That just came out yesterday. So right before our yeah. podcast today. <clears throat> And what it said, it was um, March's market action. It said um, pending sales decreased 14.3% year over year. So March 19 to March 20, 14.3% down. That's, that's significant. I mean, mm -hmm. when, yeah. you, when you drop year over year, same month, that much, it's significant. But what... What I, what I kind of said to you guys in that email was, look, this is just showing the early, yeah. because if you guys remember, things really started happening about March 10th, 12th, 13th, 
I think around the 14th or somewhere in there is when the NBA shut down. And I think that was kind of the big day where everybody goes, whoa, this is big, right? We've never yeah. lost yeah. sports. Beware the eyes of March. In March Madness. And then if you look at the stock market graph, we all could have been <clears> gazillionaires <throat> if we bought a whole bunch of stock on March 23rd. Uh, at this point, you know, even with the down market, but the 23rd was basically the bottom where the world's ending, you know, Dow hits 18,000 and some change, whatever. So we're, you know, I was ready to buy back in and then I just, I didn't do it. I just, I don't know. I, I, I think it's false right now with stimulus money. I think once the numbers start coming in on Q2, it, that it's going to be, it'll be back down there. Yeah. I yeah. hate to be the, I, I'm an optimist, but I'm, I'm a pessimist with what, how quickly that's recovered because that is not, you know, that's all stimulus. Yeah, I, I, agree. I agree. February, um, and this was what was crazy too in the market action from yesterday. February was down. Um, so from March of this year, we were down 9.7% from February of this year. I mean, you know, that's, huh. that's a spring month, March, um, coming, out of, coming out of the winter. You should not be down that month. Here's the thing though. I think April's numbers are just going to be disastrous. Yeah. I, I, I suspect April this month right now, year over year, I think we might be down 30, 40%. It could be. It, I, I agree and, with you. And I'm talking pendings. Also yeah. new listings. I think new listings will be down a lot too. A lot of yeah. people who pumped the brakes and didn't go on the market. I don't know. I've seen a fair bit of new listings hit the market though, Steve. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't say I totally disagree, but I think you'll be surprised by the number of new listings that hit the market data-wise. If you, if you just focus on in Lake Oswego and Westland, you know, area 147, and you kind of watch it, you do see a lot of stuff coming on. And it's a lot of it is sub 1 million. I think that those people are smart to get out there because that's the market that's moving. Um, so I think that's what we're seeing more of. But we're, we're starting to see some, I mean, I've got, you know, three or four or five, six that I'm just sitting on right now, just saying, let me know when you're ready, you know, then you want to start showing. And people are like, oh, let's talk in a week or two and see what's going on. You know, so it's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, we're photographed, listed, ready to roll. You know, they're just, they want to hold off, which I respect. So, you know, I was at, um, I was weed whacking with my son yesterday and, uh, I lost two days cause he loves the weed whacker, but, uh, I, we went to one of our projects and the reason why I'm telling the story is cause we had people show up to see the house both times in the last two days. So basically two days in a row, people are showing up to see it. So I agree. I think the momentum is kind of building back. Like people are starting to figure out how do we operate in this new normal? How, how do we live in this world and kind of at least start looking and, and think about maybe buying again? You know, there's an idea, right? Um, so I, I think we're, we're going in that direction. I really do. I have to say the bad news is less bad than it's been, right? Mm -hmm. If you if you pay attention to the to the actual data and the news coming out of New York and even Europe, it it seems to be and I and and you know, it, this can change at any time, but as of today, weren't they saying this was the 9/11 week? This was going to be the horrific, you know, yeah. week. And it doesn't yeah. feel as bad as I think they were setting us up that it was going to be really really bad and it feels less than that. So, you know, and I just keep talking to my family about this, that how fortunate are we to live in a place that doesn't have density, right? I mean, you yeah. live in a city because you want to live in a city and you, you know, maybe, you know, whatever, but we're not, a, Portland is not a very dense community. We have the ability to social distance and be, and responsibly, and it, and it works. And right? be outside I mean, in your backyard. And yeah. I mean, and the weather has been phenomenal, but at the same time, it's like, we go out and we, you know, we're doing what everybody else is doing, going on ride bike rides and, you know, and, and trying to keep the kids busy. 
bought a trampoline and did all that stuff to get their energy out. But um, it's just the people are everywhere walking and everybody it's, it's like social dodging is what I, what it looks like. Right. <laughs> You're walking down a street one guy gets like, who's going to move first. And they jump to that side of the street. And I noticed this too, when I'm up running on these trails and all this stuff that when you pass people, they hold their breath. <laughs> oh. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. Should I do that? You know? And it's like, it's hilarious. Have know. you done the mask yet, Justin? Uh, yeah. So I did this. So, all right. I, I, yeah, I'm a germaphobe by nature, <laughs> but my wife's been doing the shopping. And so last Sunday she's like, all right, you're going to zoo pants. So I go to zoo pants and I, I am not kidding you. I made a roadie and I, I, I get, I'm sitting in the zoo pants parking lot and I, it took me like 10 minutes to get out of the car. You're drinking just, up your courage. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I, I put, put on the mask, I put on these rubber gloves and I walk in there and this is a place I go almost every day to get my lunch. Right. So I'm, I know everybody there and everything. So I walk in there and I, and 80% of the people had them on. Right. Oh yeah. And it, and it was, I don't know if it was more stressful wearing it than not wearing it. Yeah. Because the people who didn't have it on, you could see the fear in their face because you could see their face, right? And so they would just, I mean, everybody's just dodging everybody. But it is interesting when you're in a grocery store, how close you actually are to one another when you think about it, right? Yeah, they need to make them one, one-way one aisles. That's, yeah, they are. that's my thing. Are. That's my I, thing. Like, they need the aisles to be one way. There needs to be a big arrow that says only this way. Because if when the, the way they are now, you're walking past people and they're a foot away from you. If they're one way, everybody would be going the same direction. If somebody stops, you'd kind of like pause for a second, right? That's smart. I hadn't thought yeah. about that. The you, other you, thing, you get um, your finger, you get your finger and you rub it across your car, and then get that pollen under your nose. And so when you're hacking and coughing in zoo pants, <laughs> they'll go the other way. Yeah, they just scatter. <laughs> I it saw is, the funniest, it, it, uh, the funniest thing on Facebook the other day. It said. This is the only time in human history where you pull up to the bank drive-through and the teller has a mask on and she's afraid of the people that don't. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the bank the other day and had to do the drive-through thing and I, I hand them the check and you know, whatever. And it, it, they had their pen and I was like, well, I'm not touching your pen, dude. You know, it was just such a weird reality. It's so odd. And I think as brokers too, you know, we're natural, we're salespeople, right? We're out there, we're extroverts. And it's really hard to not go up and, you know, I was, I was at Les Schwab the other day cause I was like, you know, getting my stuff done and Les Schwab does a really nice job of, you know, making sure that you're all separated and all this stuff. And this guy gets out of the car and he pulls up into the handicapped spot and he gets out of the car and he has two prosthetic legs, right? Older guy. And he walks up to the curb, you know, just that little ramp in the curb, that just a simple little hill. And he can't get up that cause he's just, you know, he doesn't have the momentum. And so I looked at him for a minute and I thought, I got to go oh. help this guy, you know, and I walked over and I gave him my arm and I, and I helped him up two steps. And then I walked away and I was like, that's the first human being I've touched outside of my family <laughs> in a month. You know, yeah. it was, it was weird. What a dilemma like a weird, though. What a dilemma. It was a weird reality. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was no way in hell I wasn't going to help the yeah. guy. Right. You know, I was yeah. the only one out there. There's no way I wasn't going to help. It was totally not in my nature. And so it, it was just, but it was odd. I literally stood there for five minutes after that. And I was like, huh. Nice. I have to ask up. you, Joe Tucker, do you guys, have you guys worn a mask? Um, yesterday I did. Cause we're, I mean, I'm out and about like I'm flying into Albertsons and whatever, you know, I'm, I'm the maskless bandit uh, for the most part, but uh, on our job site, apparently here in city of Portland, um, 
they want you to wear masks. So I, I got one of our TTM t-shirts and I tied it off and looked like I was going to rob a bank, but I had my mask <laughs> on yesterday at the job site. So that's about as far as I've gone though. Joe, what about I, uh, you? I, I haven't uh, worn a mask. a matter of fact, I don't have one. Um, if I had one, I don't know if it would change, but I'm really kind of taking this seriously and, and I'm not going out in the world. And if I do go out in the world, it seems like you're looking around the grocery store and like nobody's in there. Um, and I'm not one of those guys that goes to Costco and waits in line for, I mean, I didn't even buy anything when this thing happened. I was pretty much already set. And uh, I'm just trying not to be around people mainly for fear of not so much getting it, but if I had it and didn't know it, and gave it to an older person or someone with uh, uh, immunity that, or what am I trying to say? Something, if I gave it to someone and it killed them, I'd feel horrible. Mm-hmm. So for that, I'm not going out in the world. I, I have a mask. I've only worn it once. I was going through Starbucks drive-through and, um, and, and I'm like you, Joe, I think for me, the mask, the, the, being forced to wear the mask makes me stay home, which is probably what is a good thing, right? Like the, the punishment of going out is you need to put a mask on. And I'm like, I don't like wearing this mask. I don't want to wear this. So I'm just going to stay home as much as possible. I did go out and we needed some coffee and I was going through the drive-thru. I hadn't been, I hadn't had a spinach feta wrap in like, gosh, six weeks, which is crazy. I get the, used to get those all the time. But, but as I pulled up to the thing, I put it on, um, The other thing I was going to say, you were talking about grocery store lines. One thing I'm noticing is I'm noticing all grocery stores are starting to slowly go to where there's like a line in front and they're only allowing so many people in, which Mm -hmm. is just mind boggling. I mean, I remember as a kid, remember when as a kid, we like China or Russia had a McDonald's and people would wait in line for hours and hours. Like, I guess In-N-Out does that now here too. But, but I was just like, man, we're going into a, we're becoming a society where it's becoming normal to wait in lines at different places. And, and I don't know, it's just, it is. Well, I mean, you, you think you see pictures of China and people have been wearing masks for years. Yeah. You know, I mean, for years. And it, like, even at Blazer games, I remember I'd see people wearing masks and I'm like, all right, you know, I get it. I guess if you want to wear a mask, but it's like, they've been doing that for a long time. Yeah. Now it's, it's going to be normal here. I mean, you can, <clears throat> It's, it's just i don't know what does a mask do though what does a surgical mask do i mean it, it just stops it's not a n95 mask or whatever yeah. that is so it's like the surgical mask is the most popular that you see around and i guess it just keeps from particles from hitting you or something they, it slows them down probably it slows yeah. them down like if you had a mask on and you sneezed they're not going to go eight feet they might you know just barely yeah. be around you and, yeah. and that's an extreme example of what they do I mean, I think if that's what gets us moving again, then I'm all for it. I mean, I sound like I don't care, but obviously if that's what gets things up and running and people back to work, like if I got to wear a mask and gloves and that's just our new normal for the next six months and so be it, you know? I mean, how about the reality of coming home and wiping down your groceries? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I was out in the garage the other day and, you know, my wife made me go out and clean them up. And people are walking by and I'm like, I'm just wiping down my groceries. The guy's like, yeah, I just did that. You know, I'm like, this is so weird. You know, I'll give you a little trick. You can get a UV light and you can just UV light them. Then you don't have to wipe them down. Yeah, dude, I've been all over Amazon. I got stuff coming, but it doesn't get here. Stuff is like, I order these charcoal filtered masks and they're like, yeah, free shipping and whatever. And I'm like, all right, well, they haven't even shipped. It was two weeks ago. Yeah, they'll show up in June. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
What opportunities are you seeing, Justin? I mean, what, what positives are you trying to take out of this um, in your world, but maybe business and, and personal? Personally, you know, my family, we're going to come out of this stronger than we went into it. You know, I mean, it's really been cool for us. We, you know, the kids, they have their arguments and all that, but they're generally, you know, co-conspirators and having fun and they're their own two best friends. They're 10 and 12 boy and girl, you know, so they, they've been great. And, and I think they've really bonded and, and my wife and I are having fun with this, you know, we're cooking dinner together. We're having family dinners together. We're playing more Uno than I can ever play in my life. You know, I mean, we're just doing stuff to, uh, like I said, it's like being on vacation. It's an unpaid vacation. You know, it's, it's uh, either that or I'm retired and I don't know it, but um, <laughs> the, uh, but I am, I, you know, that personally, it's been good for our family. And I think, you know, you put the, put the devices down and spend time together. I think that that will, we will remember that time fondly um, when we get back to, to being who we are and what we've been doing. Um, and I think it'll also change habits as, you know, as a family and, and personally, um, I mean, you can't go to the gym, right? So you got to go run and work out and do, do think, be more creative. You know, I've been going up to the high school and, and running on the field and doing running stairs and doing all that stuff just to get my workout in, which is, did you find weights? Did there was a, there no. was a run on weights, a toilet paper style run on weights. I was no, lucky I, I have like, I haven't touched a weight in a month and I was, you know, diligently working out with a trainer twice a week, playing soccer and doing all, I mean, I was, I was in, I felt like I was in pretty good shape and now I'm like a marshmallow. Um, but uh, no, I, from a business standpoint, I think it's very similar to the, to the family unit type of feel. I mean, you, you really, I, I've, and I think a lot of people are doing this and if you're not, you should be, but you just connect with people, talk to people. And, and I, and in your last podcast, I remember you guys talking about how conversations go so much longer and it's mm-hmm. so true. I'm having 45 minute conversations with people and it's lovely, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's really, it, but I, I think it's very important. What I do it, I do this every afternoon. I go down and sit on my dock and I'll type in the first letter of like a, and I'll take three A's and I'll call those three people or send them a text. And it's just people I hadn't talked to in forever. And then I go to B do the same thing the next day, you know, and then see the next, you know, I just, so I just kind of like, and I'm just reaching out to people. I've talked to people I haven't talked to in 10 years or more. They probably you know? answered too, just, right? Yeah. Cause they're home, <laughs> they're bored, you know? So it's been kind of fun. And, and, uh, um, I'm getting kind of creative with certain things, you know, I, well, one of my clients just got traded yesterday in the NFL He got traded to the Houston Texans. And so we've been talking about doing something and, Anyway, we've been chatting and all that stuff, and then uh, and just kind of getting creative with what he could do on purchasing, you know, his next place. And and then uh, another one of my clients is a is a current trailblazer, and I I reached out to him and said, hey, if you want, why don't you go shoot at Myers Leonard's house? Because I've got Myers' house for sale. There's a full gym in there, you know, with a hoop. And I'm like, if I'll give you the garage code, just go shoot there. You know, it's a totally sterile environment. Nobody's been there. So go shoot. And he's like, Oh, I might do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, just, you know, getting creative with things and, and um, just connecting with people, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, people want to be heard from, they want to be, or, you know, they want to hear from you. They want to know what you're up to. They want to know mm-hmm. what strategies. And they also know that to a certain degree, our hands are tied, you know? So I, I think that there's a, 
you know, looking at social media probably more than I ever have, um, watching people post, brokers post this sale pending, sold, is a little tone deaf, you know? I mean, I, I think there's a lot of people out there that it's rubbing the wrong way. And uh, I know we got to advertise and we got to self-promote and we got to do all that stuff because if you don't, nobody's going to do it for you. I understand that and I respect that. But I think it's it's a little bit tone deaf to be out there bragging about yourself and saying, hey, I'm kicking ass. What are you doing? Right? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Because, because I don't believe it. I'll tell yeah. you, I don't believe it. You know, you can t- say anything in social media and and people believe it, I suppose. But I don't believe it. You know. Well, and, and I've actually questioned that myself and I've talked to my team members because I've always just said, hey, here's here's what went pending. Here's the little story, what we're doing. And I've I've been second guessing that. And I'm like, because because there's people hurting out there. There are yeah, a lot totally. of people who are absolutely hurting. So, I mean, I'm 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 debating that, uh, to, to be honest with you. Do I pause that now for 60 days? And so it's an interesting conversation for sure. Yeah, it is. Now, it's I, a little different. I will say I, I do it differently than what some, I think what you're talking about is like, you know, Hey, it's been a great week. Look, look at all this we did. Yeah. Everybody. Three closings this week. It's like, all right, yeah. well, those were in escrow, you know, yeah. four weeks, yeah. six weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. They didn't happen to, you know, so it's like, all right, just, yeah. I think you just got to respect the fact that everybody is, is, is in the same boat and is having a challenge right now. So let's just, you know, I don't know. I, I it, to me, it's, it's, it's fake. And I, I don't think you're winning any friends by doing it. So. Yeah. And everybody's having a different experience. Um, everybody, you know, I, I kind of, I was talking to a builder that I work with and I, 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 I kind of, we, we kind of laid it out. Like if you look at it from a matrix, there's really four things that independently create how, how terrible or how, how well you're weathering this experience. It, it really comes down to your, economic situation is one that's that's a big one whether you're working whether you have savings that those weigh in the other would be your underlying health risks or those of loved ones that's a big one right the other one has to do with your housing situation what's the what's the house itself and i mean the physical structure what is the physical structure yours confined to like is it a 500 square foot apartment that you were just transitioning through or are you in a pretty comfortable place and then the fourth one is who's in that house with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, there's, 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 well, I mean, we've seen stats, domestic violence has spiked to unseen numbers. I mean, there's probably people who were in bad relationships that were trying to work through it. Now that's paused. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's a whole gamut. There could be people that maybe they're on their dad's couch, right? They're going to have a whole different experience than somebody else. So, um, it's just, I think we have to have grace with people and we, we can't expect, and I, this works both ways. We can't expect people are doing as well as us and those who aren't doing well shouldn't expect that everybody's as miserable as them. I think we all just yeah. have to understand and appreciate that you have different, they have different experiences. Yeah. You just got to message it properly and take it, you know, and, and just take a look around you and, and, and think about the message before you send it out. You know, yeah. how's it, yeah. how's this going to be perceived? You know, are people going to think, oh, I'm the best, I'm the biggest, I'm the, I'm the baddest, or are they going to say, thanks, dude, you know, great, way to go. There's a lot of crazies on social media these days, too. It's almost like (laughs) this is an opportunity to kind of clean your feed from, because it just brings out the, brings, brings it out, man. It's almost like, it's almost like spring brings out the weeds. And so you can finally pull them. They're always there. Just now you can see it. It's 
you're seeing that too with these posts about, you know, everything I'm seeing oh, w predictions of world war three with China, the 5g <laughs> thing. I mean, it's just, I think people just yeah. have way too much time on their hands. I mean, and it comes out in the form of social media posts. I mean, they just let the idle time too much idle time is what the devil's workshop, right? Well, yeah. it comes out on social media these days with a lot of folks, you know, well, look at what people are sending around. I mean, you know, it, it, it's, Oh yeah. I think comical. I got a text yesterday actually from some guy that sent me something. <laughs> Dude, was that not the funniest thing actually, ever? I think Joe, Joe sent me that same text. If I remember correctly. Was it the one with the movies, your favorite movie? <laughs> oh no. Oh yeah. That, that's a good one. Yeah, that no, it was a, it was a recorded voice. Send it to him, dude. It is. Oh yeah. Yeah. So good. I don't know how don't the know math works on the favorite right. movie one, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> it works though. If you try any number, it yeah. works. I tried yeah. every number. I was like, all yeah. right. <laughs> of course, then you're bored, so you send it out to 50 people, and you know, just it is funny <laughs> what you what you do to keep your keep yourself busy. I, I'm curious, Justin. Beyond um, beyond the stuff you're doing now for your business, like if three years from now or five years from now, you look back. I tried to flash forward. Are there things you're doing now that you, you go, I bet I'll be doing this then too. And only because this happened. And in other words, let me give you an example. Like I think we're zooming right now. Right. Mm -hmm. I think the world is becoming really comfortable with that. And I think there will be, t there will be time periods in the future where we might do our initial consultation with someone. We might grab the screen, show them a few things, you know, show them what some activity around their house. Are you doing some of that stuff? And, and beyond that, what else are you, do you, do you predict could could stay with us for the long haul from this? I think you look at what, um, so look at what ha ha this has done to like, our, I look at our marketing partners and see what, how they're doing. We, we spend a lot of money with the Lake Oswego Review and Westland Tidings every year. They're struggling, you know, big time. And so they have consolidated their papers for the time being of putting, you know, Lake Oswego Review and the Clackamas Times or Clackamas Review and the and and something else. And so they've they've had to consolidate these newspapers for the time being. And I'm thinking there's a there might be a chance that that paper doesn't make it, right? Mm -hmm. So I was I was thinking the other day, well, what? and I hope it doesn't because I really like our local news and I think it's a cool thing that like us it's a very charming thing that like Oswego has. Um but I was thinking I could take those marketing dollars. What would I do with those marketing dollars if, if one of those channels were to go away? And I was thinking, God, you know, I, I had a long call with the Zillow rep yesterday and, um, you know, looked at, you know, probably increasing that and, you know, and, and doing some things socially, um, having a little different strategy, maybe ha implementing an actual, um, having a, a position created just for social. I know a lot of people, bigger teams have that where they have just a person that literally, uh, Drew Coleman does a really nice job on social media. And I think he literally has a social media person, right? That just follows him around. I think he does a fabulous job of it. Um, but I don't have that now. So I look at that and I go, okay, you know, you know, how would I do that differently? But I think this exact thing, I mean, I've had people who said, I want to sell my house. I'm going to list my house with you. Um, tell me what it's worth, but don't come over. <laughs> right. So, so here's a video and the guy presented this beautiful video, you know, I was like, uh -huh. you want a job, you know? Um, and so he, uh, he, that's how I arrived at the price and interviewed for the listing and everything, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it was just very different. I have not set foot in that house. I mm -hmm. haven't listed, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's an interesting, um, time. And then I, but now I have the, you know, and, and we're upping our video and our, and our virtual tours. I was never a big fan of Matterport. 
<clears throat> I just, it just kind of bugged me the way that it worked and, and all that stuff. Well, I, I'm shooting Matterport next week on two listings, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm just doing things. Um, I, I think you got to implement the technologies that are available, you know, and I, I'm an old school guy. I, I think you've got to be in front of people and walk through a house and you got to feel touch and sniff it and all that stuff. And, you know, that's, that's going to have to shift a bit. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, five, 10 years from now, I don't, I don't know. I mean, look at where we were 10 years ago with technology, you know, and, and websites and, uh, and video. Remember video, when video came out and all of a sudden everybody had to have a video. It was like, oh man, well then what's next, you know? Mm-hmm. But the video game, I think you really got to step up with the video stuff. And and I've asked our, our videographer to, to step it up, you know, mm-hmm. and to, uh, to really hit it hard because, or, and hit every aspect of the house. I used to be a highlight guy, hit the highlights so we could get them in, you know, to get them excited, excited about the house. Now it's like, no, hit everything. <laughs> That's the way they're going to see the house. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it's going to do that to our entire industry. I think people, everybody's stepping up. You said this, I think uh, last week, Joe, I mean, it used to be it, marketing was a tease to get them to the house. Now it's just like you said, Justin, now it's got to be, you've got to, you've got to squelch their thirst and, and do it virtually. So it's hard, it's hard to imagine that we're fully going to go back to how it was before after all of this. Yeah. Well, and like you said, you know, thank God that we're, we, we're in an industry where you don't have to be, you don't have to go to an office of 50 people. You don't have to go, you know, big offices are a thing of the past. I mean, that happened two, three years ago, but the um, virtual office, the virtual, um, you know, everything we can do virtually with DocuSign and everything. And then having, uh, you know, showings one-on-one. I heard Washington is like, there's a one-on-one rule. Like if the wife and the husband want to see the house together, they can't. They, the broker has to go in with one of them and then go in with the other one. Two people max, yeah. So the husband yeah. and wife could go in by themselves technically right. if, if the agent didn't go, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, but luckily we have the ability to, to that's how we work, right? Yeah. Just, you know, if you want to bring the family member, bring them on the second showing, you know, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It is interesting how, you know, and this is the scary thing is like Joe said, it's the, it's the person, you know, we've got a couple of people who have pre-existing conditions and have admitted it said, listen, I got to be really careful. And so it's, it's that one that you go, okay, I just, please God don't have any, <laughs> anything happen to these people. But um, I don't know. I, it's going to change. Everything's going to change with the mask and gloves and all that stuff. It's going to be weird. <laughs> Did we tell people to ask us questions on masters, Tucker? Uh, well, we've been going for an hour, so I mean, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if you have a question for Justin, put it on, put it on masters. Okay. Yeah. Let's yeah, wrap this up. Is, this is my uh, COVID hair. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had a haircut in a long time. Of course I'm. Oh yeah. I was going to ask that. Has, it, has anyone done a DIY haircut yet? Uh, I'll the, give you the oh, Joe's got the hat on. <laughs> Do you remember way back, I just, back in the day, the Floby? <laughs> I remember oh, yeah. the Floby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just did the sides. Um, the top is still really high. I'll give you guys a Snapple fun fact. I've been cutting my own hair for about 15 years. So, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's a real difficult haircut, let me tell you. But, uh, yeah. I'm going to be sporting the man bun here pretty soon. Um, <laughs> Make outs- sure you do a new headshot for your business card when you do that, would you? Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> Give our listeners some, some takeaways, some, some advice, Justin. I mean, before and after this, you're going to be a, a, you know, a top dog, if not the top dog, for, uh, not, not this year, I'll tell you that. 
<laughs> that is off the table. Uh, you know, I just, I think, you know, this is, the, this is an, a really important time. And I said that in the letter. Hey, by the way, while I'm sitting here, I've gotten like four different century locker people going in our houses. So that's a good thing. That's awesome. So, um, you know, I, I think you, like I said in that, that note that I wrote is just, you've got to be real and raw and, and be, go back to basics. You know, you're good at what you do because you, because, and you're here because you're good at what you do. Right. So don't forget that. Right. With the, the market will change. We will change with the market and the times will change. And, and, uh, you know, as Americans do, we are very good at having amnesia for, you know, the thing that just happened, we're going to get back at it and, and it will start moving again. So I, I just think that, I think that this is a really good time to connect with your fellow broker. We're so busy all the time. We don't talk to each other. You know, we just text each other and we just bombard each other with emails and questions and all that. Pick up the phone and call each other and talk to each other. Cause when, when we get back at this, we're going to have a different respect for one another and how we, and how we work. And I, I just think that that's a, um, it's an important aspect of this business that over the last 10 years, um, I mean, I grew up in a, in this business and, and it was always this face to face, Joe, you know, I mean, you've been around forever and, and not to say you're old, Joe, you're not, <laughs> but they, uh, but you know, I mean, it's, this is a face to face business that has gone very much virtual because of text and email and, and, and deals get done when the phone is picked up, you know? I mean, you can, tra you can't translate a text like you can a an actual conversation, call brokers, talk about what inventory, talk about what buyers have actually work it, you know? And I think that this is a time when you have more time on your hands, solidify relationships, you know, and, and work together because it's, it's not a broker versus broker world. You know, we need to be working together and not against each other. Yeah, we compete against one one another, but it's all in the same sandbox and there's enough business to go around. Let's work mm -hmm. together. Let's enjoy each other. Let's get to know one another. And and so that when we do have a transaction, it's smoother and better and everybody's experience is better. Yeah, and the brokers, you know, as a whole, we've come out in a this is a huge positive. I mean, I know Justin, you probably haven't competed with Open Door and Zillow a whole lot in your in your in your market, but but it's it's been there's it's been on for a year plus it's been a huge topic is are these guys inching into our world are they gonna force us out man those guys were the first ones to put their tails in between their legs and run under the bed right mm -hmm. and um mm -hmm. and whether they come back or not we can always talk about that for, for forever like we can say look I mean here's the value that I bring and you know sure maybe they're back in the market a little bit in the future but but we, we, we can, they, they've hurt their brand. There's no doubt about that. They've hurt their brand yeah. and their reputations as being tr reliable and trustworthy um, through that process. Yeah, um, I haven't seen, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen much of it. I, I haven't competed against it. Yeah. I'm not I, know, I know a guy that sold his house to Zillow, but he was getting divorced and was like, I'm just getting out of here, you know, so he yeah. dumped it quick, but. Yeah. Yep. Well, well, we've been going for a while. Um, I think we've touched on a lot of good stuff. I mean, it's it's a fluid situation. Continues to be, right, Steve and Joe? It seems like every time we get on here, it's like things change, but they, they kind of are the same. But we're kind of adapting, really, to just how we play in this new world. But um, 
They're changing a little bit less these days. Yeah, a little less. That's a good thing. That's yeah. a very good thing. Yeah, you can feel stability, you know? I mean, yeah. it's starting, and you know, the stock market's gonna be volatile, but it was volatile before, right? It's gonna to continue to be more volatile, but it's, you know, and that'll drive anxieties and drive, you know, inspiration. You know, it's up, it's like, great. If it's down, it's like, oh, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's just that stuff will continue to happen. But I think that the stability of the world and our market is going to, is going to happen. I mean, I mm -hmm. don't think, I don't think, pricing is an interesting question. I don't think that there's going to be a massive price burst, you know? I mean, things are still worth what they're worth. It still costs this much to buy dirt. It still costs this much to build a house, you know? That's, that doesn't change. You know, materials are going to be probably more expensive. Tucker, what do you think? Materials are more expensive because trade yeah. is probably down. I mean, I think your labor costs may go down a little bit because guys are going to be hungry to work, but your your raw cost of material is going to be, you know, the, the same, if not more. Um, my biggest thing is just, you know, in the in the higher end market, if we can get the, the financing pendulum swung way over here now, right? Let's just get it slightly back over here. And yeah. then I think the the higher end market kind of functions like we're seeing, I won't say the low end, but like around the median price point, give or take a hundred grand or so, like that's people are, you know, it's moving, it's flying, right? If it's priced right and it's a good house. So I just think we need that financing pendulum to come back. But I, I agree with you. I mean, things cost what they cost. You may get a little better deal on labor costs moving forward, but everything else yeah. costs what it costs, you know? So yeah. yeah, there will be some deals. Yeah, I agree with you, Justin. I don't think the market is going to have a massive correction where you see across the board, everything comes down. But what will be different is there will be motivated people out there that have to do something. And yeah. the oh, only yeah. way for them to do that is to do something, um, and in and, and every situation, every event like this, there is that deal. There, there, yeah. there are those deals. And there's that guy that comes in and tries to use it as his strategy, right? And so you, we will see the low balls and we will see that, you know, people trying to take advantage of it. But, you know, that's going to happen, happen everywhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Awesome. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, we appreciate you coming on, taking some time out of your day. I know we're super busy, all of us. Yeah. What, what, did, what did we say at the beginning of this? That 8 a.m. is the new 7 a.m. and 3 p.m. is the new 5 p.m.? Yeah. So that's the, are, uh, you, are you guys setting alarm normal. clocks in the morning? Uh, I never have. <laughs> really? I never have. I, I, I thought I, you were I, an I, early gym guy, no? No, I go to the gym in the afternoon. I, oh. can't, um, I can't set an alarm because then I'll think about it all night long. I'll yeah. Just oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Wake me up. Yeah. How about you, Joe? No, I just, my eyes snap open. It's, you know. That's always been? And that's always been the case? Always been the case. But if I do set an alarm, I set two alarms so I don't worry about the one alarm yeah. I set not going off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what about I you, know, Tucker? If I set one, I think about it all night long. Uh, I set one so that I can get up and get some peace and quiet before my three and four-year-old wake up because uh, I need that part of my day to kind of just center myself. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And that hasn't changed? No, I get, I get up about six every day. That's just yeah. my routine. So, yeah. yeah, no, normally it's uh, three days a week. I'm, I'm setting an alarm and going to the gym pretty early, 5.30 or so. And that's, that's a thing of the past. I mean, I'm still working out. I'm, I'm doing like you, Justin, I'm, you know, running around on trails and stuff. And, and I, I, I made it to Dick's Sporting Goods before the, the, the run on the weights happened. So I got a, a little bench and some weights and I'm doing that. But, but I'm, I'm finding myself, you know, waking up around eight o'clock. I think my one thing I'll say, my perception of this has shifted a little bit. I think in some of our early podcasts, maybe a month ago where this was starting, I was like, oh boy, 
you know, keep your routines. Don't leave your routines because these are, you know, you're going to create habits that are, you're going to take with you for life. But I've, I've since kind of modified that a little bit where I, the realization is you can't go, you know, balls to the wall in this, in this environment. I mean, it's unsustainable and you'll probably drive yourself bonkers. So you kind of almost have to do, do what you can, but instead of trying to pack it all into a tightly fit day, just treat it a little bit, almost like you said, a vacation. Imagine you're in Sun River with the family and you're, you're still kind of working a little bit or like Joe there at the mountain. So that's kind of what I'm, I'm noticing is, you know, you sleep in a little bit longer, take a little bit longer lunch, you know, get the stuff done, get off a little earlier, start drinking at three, like Justin said, <laughs> which I've done pretty much every day. It's and, and you'd be lying if you didn't, you know, but yeah, no, it's, it is funny. It, fortunately we live on the water. So we're, we're out in the boat and paddle boat and sitting on the dock and this weather's been it's uh it's been nice but um yeah i mean just thank god you don't live in a high rise in new york you know and you're oh gosh with no that. patio yeah just, god you just feel, feel like you're living in a matchbox yeah crazy. yeah um, well i'm i'm you're you're going out on the water today tucker and i will probably be in our backyards by a pool joe's up on the mountain so enjoy it where you can and Find the, find, smell the flowers along the way is kind of what I, where I'm going with that is, I mean, you just have to, you have to, if you, if you don't, you're, you're going to be constantly looking and going, when does this end? When does this end? Right. Yeah. And you'll yeah. drive yourself bonkers if that's the mentality you have. It's going to end. Um, and it's, you know, there's, <laughs> there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I hate to say it, but it's true. I mean, it is, it's, it's, uh, it's going to happen, you know, I mean, and, it, and it's, it's starting to, so yeah. Yep. We just gotta just stay focused, but have yep. fun. Awesome. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, good show, guys. Thanks for taking some time in our busy schedules. <laughs> uh, Is it three? Yeah. It's we got a two, <laughs> two hours and forty-six minutes, and you're there. So <laughs> But it is Friday, so I think you get to gain an hour. Oh, you do, yeah. And it's good Friday, so well, there's another hour there, so one o'clock. All right, yeah. yeah. You got 40, 46 minutes. You're got forty five. Yeah. Right. yeah so. Back in, yeah. back in. All right. All right, fellas. Thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Joe, Steve, everybody. Thanks you for doing gotcha. it. We'll see you guys soon. Enjoy the week. Awesome. Thank you, Justin. And All right. See you guys. On. Have a good weekend, guys. If you know what that even means, I don't even know. Yeah. Kind of blur yeah, yeah, what day is it? Yeah. <laughs> Sunday. All right, see you Monday, guys. Thank whatever. you. All right. Later. Guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to our show and make sure to tune in next week for another great episode of the Portland Real Estate Podcast.